Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got the founder of Just Food for Dogs and the co-author of a new book, Big Kibble, The Hidden Dangers of the Commercial Pet Food Industry, Sean Buckley. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me, Josh. Good to be here. You know, I'm really excited about this conversation for a couple reasons. Uh, number one, I'm a I'm a doggy owner. Uh, Levi is, uh, matter of fact, uh, it's really interesting that we're having this conversation because in his last pet visit, our our vet, we actually had uh, a pretty meaningful conversation about the food that it was eating because we thought, or at least what marketers have been telling us, uh, is that well, the what what dogs really need is a grain-free diet because dogs in the wild only eat, uh, you know, meat. Uh, and so therefore you should feed them what wolves eat and that's just meat. So we've been kind of feeding them this grain-free diet and the vet was like, mm, you know, the current research indicates that that's probably not a great, great idea. And so I'm excited because I've got one of the, honestly, there's one of the foremost experts on the planet right now. Uh, so Sean, uh, what should I be feeding my doggy? Well, for, for starters, uh, let me say that your your vet is is right. Not that you need me to, or, or that your vet needs me to tell them that, but they're right. Yes. Uh, dogs are not wolves, and um, and dogs are not wild dogs. If if I take Herman or Marty, one of my two dogs, and just let them into the forest tomorrow and leave, uh, they're not going to thrive in that environment. Dogs have been domesticated. Uh, and they are domesticated dogs. And so they need fat and they need protein and they need carbohydrates. They just need the right mix of those. And so uh, a grain-free diet is not necessarily a premium diet. A diet without what we in the business call feed grade grains is much, much healthier. In other words, a human grade, much more bioavailable grain that they can digest and convert to energy is very, very healthy for them. Um, but a poor quality grain, which is what's typically in quote unquote dog food, uh, may not be very healthy for them. Yeah. And, and, and I should say, you know, again, for people who, for my listening audience normally listens and we talk with business owners, uh, you know, your company, Just Food for Dogs is, you got nine public kitchens, 231 pantries inside vet clinics, uh, 350 certified nutrition consultants. Um, you've grown a big, uh, a big thing. And most important to that is, is Sean, that you've actually created an, a whole new, uh, a new, whole new product line. I mean, a whole, something that didn't exist before. And, and, and would you mind sharing just a little bit about that? 
Yeah, yeah. So, and, and you're right. We've been super fortunate to, to, you know, I started the company about 10 years ago and I've got an incredible group of people now, including about 600 employees that are all, you know, loving what they do because they're like you, Josh, they, they have a dog and they, they love their dog or they have a cat and they love their cat. So we're really fortunate as a business to uh, uh, be able to attract a group of people that are true mission-driven enthusiasts. But to your more business-related question, you know, we as a public in, in the United States have been taught that dogs shouldn't eat, you know, our food from the table and dogs shouldn't eat real food. They shouldn't eat the food that we eat. They're supposed to eat these little brown, highly processed pellets, you know, called kibble generally called kibble or cans of food. And these were invented, you know, kibble about 60 years ago, uh, the extruder, the machine that makes kibble was invented by Purina about 60, 65 years ago. And before that it was, you know, canned food. And um, what's happened over these decades is that these large food companies have gotten into the pet food business. So the biggest are, Colgate Palmolive, Nestle, M&M Mars, yeah. Smuckers, those would be the four biggest companies in the pet food business. And generally speaking, they operate from a rule book that's called the AFCO uh, guidelines. That's the American Association of Feed Control Officials. Sounds very official, but it's really just a private nonprofit that was founded many, many years ago by our industry to service our industry in favor of our industry not necessarily in favor of the dogs. So what you have is you have pet food being made from the things that we cannot use human grade, uh, in human grade food. Um, And what you end up with, by the way, I don't get grossed out easy and I love my dogs. Yeah. So I would feed my dogs, say empty peanut shells, which are allowed to go into pet food. And if we wanted to put them in our food, we could call it, vegetable fiber, right? So our our ability to mislead you as the public is substantial. Now, if I thought empty peanut shells and my business partner, you know, Dr. Oster Chavez, who's, you know, a professor in clinical canine nutrition and a vet uh, thought that they were, were healthy. We'd feed that to our dogs, Mm -hmm. but it's not healthy. And it's, it's not going to kill our dog, but it's not healthy. It has no nutritional, virtually no nutritional value. It's there because it services other companies that want to get rid of their empty peanut shells and their empty. <laughs> yeah. It's filler. It's sub- it's, it's weight added to the bag. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing with uh, pol- uh, dried poultry feces. So for example, on page 367 of the AFCO guideline, man, I was um, hoping you weren't going to say that. <laughs> yeah, you, exactly. We're allowed to put poultry feces into the pet food as long as we dehydrate it to a moisture content, not in excess of 15%. That's a direct quote. Um, And those are not there to help our pets. Those are there to get rid of the stuff that big multinational corporations want to get rid of. Um, And the, the thing is, is our pets aren't like you know, this dog that lives in the dog house out in the back and, you know, we haven't seen him in three days. And, you know, this isn't 1952. Our pets are our family now mm-hmm. and we treat them like family. And if you think about it, we have board certified oncologists for our dogs, dermatologists. We have doggy daycare. Uh, we have, you know, toys that make them think we have health insurance for our pets. 
We didn't have any of this stuff when kibble was invented. Right. You know, in the, in the entire array, Josh, of, of what we have for these, you know, four-legged family members has changed dramatically over the decades. But the one thing, the single most important thing hasn't changed, and that's their diet. It's the thing that makes them live longer or shorter, just like us. Yeah. We haven't changed it in 65 years. Curious. I, I wonder, and I, I've really not thought about this. I, is the lifespan, has the lifespan of, of our pets, has that changed much yeah, in the past it's 50 gone, years? It's gone down dramatically. Um, really? Yeah. yeah. In fact, there's a, a great study going on right now by the Morris Foundation which is a longitudinal study um, of golden retrievers to figure out why their average age has gone from 17 years and eight months down to 12 and a half years yeah. since 1975. And no number one killer of dogs and cats in the United States, with the exception of euthanasia, because we have too many pets that need to be rescued, uh, with the exception of euthanasia is cancer. Now, some of that undoubtedly, and this is anecdotal, but some of that's coming from, you know, we spray the grass and they walk on the grass and they, you know, but that's the minor part of it. Most vets will tell you, most people in research and science that, that are working in this, in this field will tell you it's, they're ingesting it every day. Mm. Because if you want to put meat in a bag, Josh, at room temperature for two years, you're going to need chemical preservatives to do that. The yeah. most common in, in our industry is called a Thoxiquin. It's made by our, a huge company, Monsanto. Most people know, have heard of Monsanto. And Monsanto, you know, makes a Thoxiquin for a ver variety of purposes. It's not allowed to be in any human food. It's not used as a preservative in our food at all. And yet it's the most common preservative in our dog's food. Mm. It doesn't sound good. I mean, yeah, I, I, and you're right. I would imagine that when a manufacturer is producing a bag of dog food, you just threw out two years, that doesn't sound unreasonable. Like if they're bagging it at the plant, that shelf life, you know, and then, you know, I, I guess I've never really paid attention to, you know, a best if used by date or an expiration date on the bag. I, I honestly, I've never looked, um, but I can see where, you know, yeah, that's, <laughs> I could see where they would want to design it for, for that length. Uh, you know, of, of being able to be shelf stable. Yeah, the, the entire industry is about 30.5 to $31 billion in the United States. This is just cat food and dog food. And so it's a sizable industry. And if you look at the K10 reports for the public companies, like some of the ones I just mentioned, you know, you'll see that many times the highest profit margin that's going to the bottom line. Maybe they make toothpaste and they make soap and hand soap and shampoo and all these different kinds of things. A lot of times um, the, the number one or in the top three most profitable categories that they're invested is pet food. Mm -hmm. And um, and then this is the reason why the cost of goods or the COGS, uh, you know, as we call it, in the, as you and your listeners know in the business world, you know, uh, the COGS are very low when you're using the waste product to, to make your, 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 uh, you know, your product. And yeah. I get asked a lot, you know, isn't there good kibble and bad kibble? And it's almost 
I mean, I would laugh, except it's not really funny for our dogs. I don't know what the analogy is. You know, it's like, it's like, is there a good car crash or a bad car crash? Uh, you know, it's, it's all a car crash. And, um, and so if, again, if you're putting meat in a bag for two years, you yeah. can run lots of TV commercials and spend lots of money convincing people. Um, but that may even make what's in your bag worse because mm. now you're spending more money on the advertising than you are in the contents of the bag. Sure. Yeah. Well, you have a lot of people that have, uh, I, I like Amanda Seafried, uh, Kristen Bell have, they've, they've already been giving glowing testimonials. Uh, so you've got some fans. Yeah. And just for the record, we didn't pay any of them. I mean, these are, <laughs> these are people that, uh, happen to love their dogs yeah. and, uh, have discovered for their own reasons, uh, what many people have, which is that there's a movement afoot. And, um, you know, proudly, uh, but humbly, we, you know, we started that in 2010 by introducing the notion that dogs and cats should be eating uh, the same food we eat. Yeah. So ground beef and turkey and chicken and chicken breast and Brussels sprouts and you know, brown rice and, you know, all the kinds of ingredients that you and I would eat or, or have with our family, but that needs to be nutritionally balanced for dogs and cats, which yeah. is very different than for us. All and right. these people have discovered that there is a massive difference in the health of their pets when they do this. And by the way, wow. they don't need to buy it from us or anyone else. This is something you can make once a month in your home and put it in the freezer, which is the, which is the preservative that we should be using instead mm -hmm. of a Thoxiquin. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, make it once a month, put it in the freezer and pull it out, you know, every few days as you need it. And, you know, you don't need to cook it and heat it up and do all of that. You cook it once and freeze it and put it in Ziploc bags the size of your dog's daily food and put it in a bowl and eat it. They love it. Is this going to be um, much more expensive? No, I mean, our food at Just Food for Dogs, of course, we're in, you know, we have a commercial component to this, which is our company. And we yeah. want to attract people to the category of real sure. food. And now we have competitors like, you know, Farmer's Dog and Pet Plate and My Ollie and other companies that do what we do. And that's good. We need competitors. I mean, there's no way we're going to absorb the $31 billion of dog and cat food in the United States. <laughs> it's a big space. Yeah. There are a lot a of animals place. that need to eat. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, yeah, I mean, we think that people will will make it. People will, Some people will come to our brand. Some people will go to other brands. All we really care about is that the pets get healthier and, and that's a true mission for us. It's the reason we give away our recipes, our, our only intellectual property. We're the only pet food company in the United States that does that. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm on your website right now, justfoodfordogs.com and you've got uh, like a, so you even have like a DIY homemade food for dogs section here. Um, so, so you can do this um, yourself or, uh, it looks like, so what's in terms of the categories, you also have pantry fresh um, and then fresh frozen. So I, for someone, again, you, I think the best way to do this, is just go to justfoodfordogs.com so you can see um, exactly what we're talking about. But but from a high level, can you just explain what those product categories are? Yeah. Uh, the fresh frozen is, you know, exactly what you would picture again, you know, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower, ground meat, mm -hmm. lamb, et cetera, you know, all lightly cooked 
and then packaged um, and frozen. So all you have to do is thaw it out and feed it. You don't have to heat it up. You don't have to, you know, um, you don't have to cook it or anything like that. Mm -hmm. All that's been done. Um, and these recipes have all gone through what we call feeding trials to prove that they're, which are unfortunately in our business, not required. Um, but we do them. Uh, we're one of the few companies that do to prove that they're healthy. And um, the Pantry Fresh is is a um, what's called a Tetra Pack. So this is a this is shelf stable, but it's very different than kibble. It's real food. So if you were to go into like a Trader Joe's and you see chicken soup in a little carton, and you think, how is that fresh? You know, it's sitting yeah. on the shelf. Well, the the way they do that is the same way we do it which is that you take all the ingredients and you put it in this special kind of uh, patented container and you take all the raw ingredients. you got raw chicken, raw rice, raw everything. It goes into the package and you seal up the package for good forever. It's got raw in it and you've sealed it forever. Now you cook the package and the contents inside of it under pressure and at a low temperature in water. And that's why you have to put it in the refrigerator after you open it. So once you open it, it has to go back in the fridge. That's pantry fresh. Yeah. We ship to, you know, all states, all over the country. Um, and we have about 239, I think it's 239 locations now around mm. the country. Um, so how did, how did you start this? I mean, what was the inception for this and, and how did you get it off the ground? I started it because I accidentally found out what is allowed to be in pet food, which we touched on a minute ago. Yeah. And uh, I started feeding my own two dogs, different two dogs than I have now because it's been 10 years. But um, I started feeding them a whole food diet that I sort of made up and made wrong. And um, but even the wrong diet was vastly healthier for them than kibble. And we saw a huge difference, huge difference in their health, their energy level, their eyes. They, I actually believe they become more intelligent. Mm. Um, behavior changes. Um, you have to understand that th that little kibble ball is hyper-processed, barely contains nutrients in yeah. many ways. And so it'd be like if you ate Twinkies every day, Josh, for, mm. for a year, you wouldn't be thinking straight. Your skin would break out. You'd be yeah. itching. You'd be in bad shape, and then mm. that's uh, in many ways what's happening with you know our pets. Um, so I, I I thought about it and thought you know after a while you know is there a real business here? I sold my previous business a couple of years prior. I took a trip around the world you know for three months. I've done that three times now. Each time I've sold the business, <laughs> I take a trip around the world for three months, and um, you know I came back and I was just kind of playing around with this, and I thought you know what, there might be something here. And, um, and I launched what I would really call more of a piece of research than a business, even though it costs almost a million dollars to do it. Cause I had to build the world's first dog kitchen. I would mm -hmm. call it, you know, open to the public on Pacific coast highway in Southern California in Newport beach where I live. And, uh, it was a show kitchen and you could walk in and, and you realize that, you know, wait a minute, they're making food for dogs here, not food for people. But otherwise, it would look like and did look like a, um, uh, you know, a show kitchen, you know, um, with kind of cooks there making the food. And it was a huge success from day one. Um, I had no idea what to expect for sales. Uh, I built the kitchen in order to do enough volume 
that equated to $150,000 a month in sales for a 1200 square foot kitchen. I just surmised that, you know, at that time, the average startup bucks did about $90,000 a month. So if I could get to $150,000 a month, then I'd have a good problem, which is I'd be out of capacity. And that happened very, very fast. And um, so I opened up a second kitchen in West Hollywood, and then a third in uh, Sherman Oaks, and a fourth in Manhattan Beach, and then, you know, Del Mar down in San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, New York, Chicago, et cetera. And um, what I found is that because of the efficacy of the food, it's it makes a magical difference. Yeah. People don't even realize. They think they they love their pet, they love their dog, and um, they think that he's doing or she's doing just fine. But mm-hmm. then they start feeding a real a real diet, a whole food wow. diet, and they notice, wow, you know, has this changed? And wow. we get letters and memos, emails every single day now. Um, from people all over the country saying this. Brilliant, brilliant. Okay, so the your website, uh, and, and I'd highly recommend uh, you go to justfoodfordogs.com. You can learn. I, I'm really excited about this. I, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> You've convinced me. Uh, and then the book, uh, which is released uh, December 1st, uh, is Big Kibble, The Hidden Dangers of the Pet Food Industry and How to Do Better by Our Dogs. Um, I would imagine it's going to be a little bit horrifying, <laughs> um, but but rightly so. It's it's important to know uh, we don't we don't want to be uh, blind to what what we may be doing. So um, by by our pets, and so um, yeah, I would also say that you know the 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 there's a there is some horror in there, but there's light at the end of the tunnel too. Yes, because there's an answer, and the answer I just want to be clear isn't about you know me or just food for dogs, you know, the answer can be, you make it at home. The answer can be, we have competitors if they're, you know, better suited for you. And, you know, myself and Dr. Chavez, my, you know, co-author, we are, we've not ever taken a penny um, from the book, nor will we. Um, The signing bonus and every penny that would normally go to the authors is being diverted to rescue. Um, It's one of our core, you know, missions here. And so it isn't a, a, a promotional, you know, piece for the company. It yeah. really, it's a real book. It's, it, it's extremely well cited yeah. and researched. So yeah. I, I'm hopeful that people will enjoy it to reading it as much as we did writing it. Uh, is it normal? I'm actually looking at the, uh, like the beef and russet potato, for example, I, that looks good. I, I, I would eat that. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. looking at these dishes like this chopped sweet potato. And I'm like, that looks delicious. I would totally eat this. Yes. In fact, you know, we've been on, you know, every major network over the, t- the decade and yes. you know, lots of TV and, and virtually every single time the anchors and, and us, uh, you know, I don't eat meat, so I usually eat the fish. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, you know, everybody will be on camera eating the food because it is perfectly safe for you to do it. You're wow. getting more calcium than you need, but not a dangerous amount. You're getting yeah. more uh, phosphorus than you need, but not a dangerous amount. Yeah. Right, right. That's the only difference. Otherwise, yes, it's the same as your food. Yeah. Hey, one one last question. I figured you'd be the guy to know. Um, I remember as a kid in the 70s uh, seeing when dog poop was in the yard, it was always gray is and, and, and it would seem like it would deteriorate a lot. And I, and I heard, and I don't know, I haven't really Googled this or looked on Snopes or whatever, but I think I remember saying like, 
pet food manufacturers used to put a lot of ash in the food or something like that. They would, do you know anything about that? Is this just something I'm imagining? No, no, you're not imagining it at all. In fact, there's a study that just finished. It's going through uh, peer review and uh, it'll be published in a scientific journal that was done by a guy named Dr. Kelly Swanson at the University of Illinois. Mm. And he just compared different types of food like kibble um, uh, and, uh, and our food, uh, just mm-hmm. food for dogs. And he did a, uh, you know, a poo study, essentially. It's, mm-hmm. you know, fecal output study. Um, and he, and it'll be published in a scientific journal probably in January or February. And what it was able to prove is that the absorption of, or the bioavailability of a whole food diet is far greater yeah. uh, with, with real food as, as everybody would have imagined. And that the, the, the output, if you will, the waste yeah. uh, is reduced dramatically. I don't remember the percentage off the top of my head, but yeah, so we get this a lot, you know, um, in our company yeah. where people call maybe every day and they'll say, I just started feeding my dog, you know, your food and the, the his poo is a lot smaller. Oh. And, you know, I'm just concerned about that. And the reason is because they're absorbing the nutrients from the food. I uh, love it. You know, it's love garbage it. in, garbage out. Yes. You know. so yeah, for sure. You're 100% right that it used okay. to be. Okay. All right, good. Sean Buckley, thank you so much again. The website, justfoodfordogs.com. This was very illuminating. I'm excited to read the book. I'm mean, going to get the, uh, uh, do you, it's on the audiobook as well. It will be. I don't believe be. the yep. publisher has finished that yet, but uh, all right. Yeah, as of December 1st, uh, sure. the hard copy is out. Sounds great. Sean, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag UpMyInfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.